Well, good morning. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor here. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're not new, I want to welcome you back. We are wrapping up this little two-part mini-series on our vision as a church called Love Moves. And we said it last week, it's a little bit different than what we normally do. If this is your first time with us, we typically take a, a chunk of Scripture or a passage of Scripture, and we like to break it down verse by verse and we'll do a little bit of that today, but it'll be more practical in nature about where we are as a church, what God has done, and where we hope to go, what we hope he will do in the future. And so we're going to be walking through some of those details. And so if you've been with us since the beginning, hopefully this will be a reminder to you. Hopefully this will clarify things for you. If you haven't, if you're new, this is going to give you a peek behind the curtain, if you will, as to what we're about as a church. And so we're really glad you're here today. This series is called Love Moves. Uh, we've talked about what that means, and I want to show you what it looks like in our church. And so turn your attention to the screen. We have a video for you to watch. Yeah, it's 
That was awesome. Can we celebrate that? Those are, those are real people. Uh, the love of Jesus is moving in these real people uh, through real hardships, through joys. And you got to see a little picture of that. And just so you know, if you are new or if you're not a Christian, this is why we're here. It's not out of religion. We're, we're not just giving mental assent to a higher power. This isn't just a worldview. This is a transformative experience where we trust in Jesus Christ and his love. It, it moves in us, it changes us, and it compels us. It moves us out. And that doesn't mean we have everything together. No, he does it in the midst of our mess. And this is why we are here. It's when we gather together. It's where we're headed as a church. Is we want to see more of that. We want to see more of those stories and, and see more love move in and through us and around us as a church, and that's what gets me so excited about the church. That's why we're doing this two-week series. Is because obviously I'm biased, but I just think there's nothing better to give your life to, to get excited about, than seeing more of 
transformation, more of the, the things we saw in that video, more of what you have seen in your life and see that go beyond us into this community and into this city. Like, what if God moved you? What if God, his love, what if it moved you to bring an impact to that friend that is hurting? To bring an impact to that family member who is struggling with doubt? To bring an impact to that neighbor that you know is drifting in loneliness? Like, what if God's love moved you? To bring healing to your home? to bring meaning to your marketplace, to bring redemption to your relationship? What if God's love wasn't just some ethereal thing out there for somebody else, but what if it moved you? What if that started today, and what if that collectively happened with us as a church? What would God do? What would God do in this community? What would God do in this city What would God do in the greater valley? What would God do in this church? What would God do in you as he moved through you? I want to see that happen. I want to see that multiply. And so we're going to talk about what would that look like? How do we get there? Because listen, we don't don't stumble into that, right? We don't stumble into that. That doesn't just happen. As we build a new church that we want to see all that happen, it doesn't happen by accident. And so last week we shared the what and the why. This week we want to share the how. We want to share the the next steps of how do we see this vision come to fruition. And so we're going to look at a passage of scripture. We're going to walk through what that means for us locally here at Phoenix Bible Church through our mission statement. But before we get into that, I just want you to do one thing. Before we get started, I want you to grab a pen. If you don't have a pen, you can use your phone. I want you to write this down. It's this. What is my next step. Write that down. Actually do it. What is my next step? Put it in your phone, write it on the handout you got when you came in. What is my next step? We're going to talk about next steps as we go along here. I'm going to give you some ideas. We'll come back to that question at the end, and hopefully by that time, you have an answer to it. Before we dive into the passage, I want to just give you a brief snapshot of last week for those that, that weren't here. Uh, it's really important that you listen to the sermon from last week. Uh, if you weren't here, this builds on last week, so we're not going to go through everything, but I do want to give you a snapshot. You can listen to that sermon and get caught up. You can also read the blog on the website called Love Moves Vision Series. I wrote a blog kind of recapping some of last Sunday and the practical details. Uh, make sure you listen to the sermon, read that blog, and more importantly, I'd love for you to take this handout. You should have got it when you walked in. In fact, if you could hold it up real quick if you got it just so I can see you guys. So if you didn't get this, uh, there are more at the Connect desk. We made them glossy, so they look really nice. So be sure and get one of those. Put it on your fridge. Pray through it as a family and talk about how you can respond to that. So that's just to get you caught up. I'm going to give you a couple brief things from last week. We talked about it's on your handout is ministry development, uh, that we want to head in this direction as a church as we move forward. We want to head in the direction of ministry development. That essentially is referring to staffing and equipping. Uh, We were just talking about this last week. Like, what if we could bring somebody in to help train our community groups, just to give a different perspective and another church that maybe is doing what we want to see happen in our church that's further down the road? What if we could bring in somebody to do that? What if we could bring in more staff to help care for people and maintain growth? And so we talked about ministry development. We also talked about ministry hub. 
that as we're a new church, we meet in a set-up, tear-down space. You can see that as you look around. And so we, God's given us this prime location, but the problem with that is no one knows we're here. And so we've talked about signage in the short term and a 24-7 space in the long term. And by God's grace, as we are in this series, he's moving, and we have negotiations ongoing to get a sign on the fence across the street that would be up all week. And so that's a huge answer to prayer. So be praying that that uh, comes to fruition, that nothing gets in the way of that happening. But we're praying that we might have a ministry hub downtown. And as we look forward, we're talking about ministry expansion. Uh, in the near term, that means local efforts to bolster our efforts to serve the community and serve the city. So we're talking about that. You'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. But also, we want to take a short-term mission trip to see uh, love move us globally. And so we're talking about that as well over the next several months. Over the long haul, again, dreams, visions for the long-term future of our church, 7 to 10 years down the road, we want to be a church-planting church. So God planted us here, and we want to see that go outside of us to other places. So just dreams, just ideas, but we think maybe PBC Espanol in the backyard of, of this neighborhood. There's so many Spanish-speaking people. What if seven to ten years down the road we raised up somebody to plant a Spanish-speaking church in our backyard? What if we were able to plant PBC West? And so those are the, some of the, the long-term goals, some of the short-term goals that we shared with you last week. And then Scott got up and shared some numbers with you to, to practically see us get there. And so just briefly, again, I'm not going to do the whole thing again, but we want to see in this next season, so think short-term goals practically, we want to see our budget go from $13,500 a month to around $16,300 a month. That to make a dent, to do some of the things we're talking about just in this next season, that we need to see our, our giving grow and our resources grow. And, and this is the number that we have in mind. That comes to about $2,800 a month, uh, a week. That's about $700 a week. And it may seem like a big jump. That's actually a reasonable uh, budget. So we're just kind of catching up for a church our size. And so we ask that you would, you would give. If you're not doing so, you would commit to give a percentage. If you are giving a percentage, you would commit to give more so that we might see some of these things happen. So that's kind of the, the recap from last week. Again, listen to the sermon, look at your handout. But as I was talking to a guy in our church, just some response from what we talked about last week. We were talking about this vision series and what God's called us to. And we were talking specifically about the difference between a church plant and an established church. And we talked about there's some difficult obstacles for us as a new church, right? Uh, but as we got through talking about that, this guy in our church just said, Tim, I need that. Like, like personally, I, I need to be a part of this. That, that being a part of building PBC, it challenges me in my own personal faith. That it causes me to cling to Jesus in my own life. That, that I need this for me. I need to be a part of building this church. And listen, that's, that's my prayer. That's my prayer for you. That as we talk about a, a vision series and where we're headed as a church, you wouldn't see this as something we want from you, but you would see it as something we want for you. That later we're going to see that Jesus talks about that our joy may be full. Listen, if you're involved in the life of our church, as we talk about where we're headed as a church, if you don't experience joy in that, then we're doing it wrong. And so we want this for you, not just 
from you. And so we're going to look at John 15, 9 through 12. A.G. read it earlier. I want to give you a little bit of context on that. Jesus has just given an allegory. You may have heard about this, uh, the vine and the branches. Jesus talks about that he is the true vine and that the branches come off of him and they produce fruit because they are close to him. And so he's talking to his followers and he's talking to you and me and saying that if we abide in him, that we'll produce fruit, that he is the vine and, and we are the branches. And he gives these three words that I want you to write down. He gives abide, keep, enjoy. Abide, keep, enjoy. These are three phrases that I'm not sure we can so easily relate to in the church today. Oftentimes, I think we, we do the opposite. Instead of abiding, we say, when I, when I think about it. And instead of keeping, we say, well, it's, it's good for now. And instead of experience fullness of joy in Jesus, we just try to survive. I, I know that's not all the time, but how many times in your life is it, is it less about abiding, but more about just well, when I think about it? When I think about it, I'll read scripture. When I think about it, I'll pray. When I think about it, I'll serve. When I think about it, I'll do this or that instead of a deep abiding in Jesus. How many times instead of keeping and staying and, and following through, it's, well, no, it's, it's, it's good for now, but we'll see what happens in the future. How many times instead of the fullness of joy being experienced in and through your life, is it, I'm just trying to make it. Listen, what if it didn't have to be that way? What if it didn't have to be that way in your life? What if it didn't have to be that way in our church? What if there was more to it than that? As we talk about those phrases, you look at verse 9, and you see that as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. That's Jesus talking about the love he has received from the Father that goes out from him to us. And so how do we abide? How do we keep? How do we experience joy? We know that love starts with God. We talked about that last week, that we respond by abiding in his love. Verse 10, how do we abide in his love? You think he would say something very contemplative here, right? Like, I mean, abide in his love. It sounds kind of dreamy. It sounds like you want to snuggle up to a fireplace, right? Or sit by a, a river and, and contemplate in deep thought or maybe paint. And maybe those things can be abiding in his love, but that's not what he refers to here. Look at the verse. How do we abide? He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So we abide as we obey. Do you see that? And this brings us to a misconception of love in our culture. Most of us, when we think about love, what do we think about? We think about affection. We think about emotions. We think about feelings. Listen, that's a part of love. But true love, genuine love, Christ-like love, is commitment and action. That love is commitment in action. And so it's like the difference between a wedding and a marriage. Like anybody can stand up on their wedding day when everybody looks pretty and there's music playing in the background and everybody smells nice. And they can say, in sickness and in health. And they can declare that commitment, and maybe it's out of emotion, maybe it's out of feeling, maybe it's out of real substance, but they can declare that on a wedding day. But listen, it's a whole new ball game. When it's 2 a.m. and your spouse 
wakes up with the stomach flu, and you hear her wake up, but you try to act like you don't, and you go back to sleep. I mean, just hypothetically, I know that's never happened to you, but hypothetically, that in that moment, that love, commitment, and action looks a little bit different than that, right? That it looks like, no, you get up out of bed at 2 a.m., you go get the Gatorade and the Pepto, and you bring it back to your spouse, that love is commitment in action. It's not just on the wedding day declaring some emotions and feelings. No, it's seeing that come to fruition in action. So we abide in the love of Jesus when we obey him, when we step out to the things he's called us to. That's abiding in Jesus. Do you see that? Verse 11, why is he calling his followers to this? Why is he calling us to this? Is it religious duty? Is it to be a good Christian? Is it to impress others? No, it's for your joy, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So as we talk about this vision series, I know some of you geek out over this. Some of you that have been with us for a long time, you're like, it's about time. It's about time that we talk about some practical details of where we're headed as a church and where we are currently. And some of you love this. You're like, can I see the spreadsheet? But some of you, if you're honest, as you show up and as we talk about these things for our church, you hear them and you can't even think about those things. You just think, Tim, it was a big deal for me to show up today. That I'm just trying to get through my week. I mean, that's good for you guys. That's good for you and the church. But, but I'm just trying to get by. Can any of you relate to that? Listen, like I said earlier, if we're doing this right, this is going to lead to your joy. That as you meet the needs of others, that your needs get met in the process because this is how you were designed to function. That this should lead to, to your joy. It's not a burden, it's a, it's a blessing. And so wherever you are along that spectrum, if you get geeked up about this, if you're excited about this, where we're headed as a church, you need to know this is personal for you. If you're thinking, I'm just going to get by, this is personal for you, that this should lead to your joy. As you abide, as we do that collectively as a church, as we keep his commandments, as we walk out in this and take next steps, you should get joy, fullness of joy. Verse 12 it says, love one another as I have loved you. We've said that in multiple ways. Love moves. It doesn't end with us. It moves us out to one another. And so it doesn't stop with the people in this room. I love that you are here. I love that God has us here as a church. But we don't merely want to survive. We want to thrive. We don't merely want to exist for us. We want to impact the world around us. Do you see that? And so we want to see as God has loved us, that we would abide in his love by keeping his commandments, and that would give us joy, so much joy that we couldn't help but declare it and demonstrate it to others, that we would love one another. And so what does that look like here at PBC? We shared our mission statement last week that is to love Jesus, live Jesus, and lead others to Jesus. This isn't just three L's, although it does have a nice ring to it, right? It's not just so you can remember it or we can stick it on a t-shirt 
or put it on the website. No, we want to walk this out. So how do we abide? How do we keep? How do we experience joy in all of this? This is how for us. This is how in this next season and these next steps that I want us to look at our mission statement, see how that breaks down to help us abide, to keep, and experience joy. And so the first part of that mission statement, love Jesus. What does that look like here? It looks like several things like Sundays, events, starting point, baptism. It starts with Sundays. Studies show that Christians on average attend church about once a month. So maybe you're here and you're like, well, I got that one covered. You can check that off. But for everybody else that's not here, we're going to yell at them later, right? Just kidding. But the average Christian attends church about once a month. That's just, that's just the reality in our culture today. But it's not just our culture. I think it happened back in the day as well. Why? Because Hebrews 10, the author says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another so it seems like in that day, there was people who were giving up the idea of coming together collectively as a body to worship Jesus. In our day, it seems like it's getting lost on us, the meaning, the weight, the opportunity to gather together as a body to worship Jesus. And the author of Hebrews says, don't give up meeting together, but encourage one another. Listen, presence matters. The reason we gather on Sundays is because presence matters. And some of you will think, well, I can listen to the podcast. And you can, but listen, it would be like we play flag football a lot as a church. And we go out to this field and we all put on flags and we all stretch out a lot because we haven't played in like since the last time, six months ago. And it's a great time because we have two teams together and we're throwing the ball, we're catching the ball like some of us are, and we're running down the field and it's a great time. But listen, what if instead of that, we just said, we're going to give up meeting together to play flag football? You know what? I don't, I don't need to come to that. I can do this in my house. And what if you put on the flags in your house and you got the football and you just started running around your house by yourself? Now, one, if your spouse walked in on you on that, she might call somebody. You would look a little ridiculous, but most of all, you would miss, you would miss out, right? You'd miss out. You'd miss out on the gathering of the people, the stories, the laughter. You'd miss out on all of that because you would be missing out on doing it together. So can you... Listen to a podcast. Yeah, you should. I listen to podcasts. I love those. Should you supplement your spiritual walk with things like that and blogs and other things? Absolutely. But don't give up meeting together. We're not going to get legalistic. We're not going to check attendance and give gold stars at PBC. Don't worry. Some of you are like, no, I want that. That would actually be really motivating for my kids. We're not going to do that, but listen, I don't want you to miss the opportunity that we have to abide, to love Jesus by coming together. That there's a special thing that happens in this moment. I hope you know, as we gather together, we're in the midst of the Holy Spirit, that he is here residing with us, that God is here listening 
to us. We said it last week, it's like, or two weeks ago, it's like if God were to look down and he sees us as his kids, talking about, strategizing, praying, singing, asking how, God, can we love you more and live this out, that he's pleased with you. If you're here today, he's pleased with you to see this happening. Let's not give up meeting together. And so as we want to abide and love Jesus, that happens in a big way on Sundays. It happens at events. It happens in something we call starting point. So just practically, once a month, we do something called starting point. And so if you're not connected or if this is your first time, this is your next step. So if you've been coming for a while and you're like, I've never done that, we'd want you to do that. This next month, get into the starting point class right after church. We just take 30 minutes of your time. We have coffee and we talk about the church, who we are, where we're headed. You can ask questions, meet leaders in a more intimate setting. And we can talk about it. what does it look like for you to get in a community group? What does it look like for you to serve and take next steps? Baptism is a way that we love Jesus and abide in him. Uh, we just celebrated that. A few weeks ago on Easter, we're going to do another baptism uh, soon. And so if, if that's you, if you've never responded in obedience in baptism, then we'd invite you to do that, to take that next step, to abide in Jesus. Look at the second part of our mission statement, live like Jesus. So as we love Jesus, we want to begin to live like him. As we cling to the vine, we want to see our branches produce fruit. That's why we say that in our mission statement. It's almost like we got it from the Bible, right? Love Jesus, live like Jesus. As we cling to the vine, we begin to produce fruit and live like him. Here's just some ways we do that at PBC. Personal devotion. So if we think about that study, that stat, that most Christians attend church once a month. And we do church for about an hour and 15 minutes. I preach for about 30 minutes to 50 minutes, depending on the Sunday. And so there's the harsh reality, the unbelievable reality, if I'm honest, that some of you and and some people, they get about an hour and maybe about 30 minutes of the Bible a month. Do you see that? Like about 30 minutes to an hour of the Bible a month. God's word, God's transformative truth for our lives that saves us, that sanctifies us, that sends us out, and we get about an hour of that the whole month. I mean, just think about anything else that's worth doing in life. Learning a craft, playing an instrument, learning a language. Imagine if you spent 30 minutes to an hour a month. You wouldn't make it that far, right? In fact, you may give up. Because when things get hard and it's, it's difficult to progress, that 30 minutes to an hour a month isn't sustaining you. It's not equipping you. And some of you know that. There's been times in your life where you just leaned on maybe a Sunday and, hey, 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 give me something, fill me up, pastor. And then you go home and nothing else happens throughout the week, nothing else happens throughout the month, and you feel dry, you feel cold, you're struggling. Why do you think that is? Because you can't survive on 30 minutes to an hour a month. This is a daily devotion that we want to see occur in our lives. We want to see what happens here bleed out into our weeks, overflow into our weeks. And so that you would, you would go this week, you would read scripture, you would get a devotional on your phone, you would listen to a podcast. You would begin to fill yourself up throughout the week because we can't accomplish it all on a Sunday. 
Our next series, we're going to launch it next week, is called Devoted. We're taking it from Acts chapter 2, where you see the early church was devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. They were selling their possessions, that people were being added to their number every day. And it starts off with they were devoted. And so as we ask God to do big things in and through us in this vision series, we're going to launch into this five-week series next week and talk about what does that look like for me and you? What does it look like to be devoted in our own personal walk and collectively as a church to help equip you towards that end? Community group is a way we, we live like Jesus and take those steps. Again, you see that concept in Acts 2 where everybody's sharing things with one another, where people are doing life together. And we host a community group in our home. Some of you are in a community group. And listen, it is busy. It's hectic. And some of you are thinking, that's why I haven't joined one. And it is. It's busy and it's hectic. There's not a week that goes by where I don't say, man, I don't know if we have time to do that this week. And I wish a community group might be on another night this week. We have so much going on. Like, that happens. We're really busy. We have three kids. There's a lot of stuff going on. It is busy. It is hectic. And it's messy. There's times when we offend one another. There's times when we say things or don't say things that, that offend one another. There's times where kids trash houses. <laughs> I mean, there's, it's crazy, right? It's a little bit crazy. If you're in a community group, you know this. We, we meet once a week, and we gather together, kids and all, and we, we look at Scripture. We eat together. We do life together. And it is a little bit messy. But listen, it's worth it. It's worth it because that's how we begin to keep his commandments and live like Jesus because we do it together. So that when you're going through a trial... You have people pray for you. In our community group, just several weeks ago, we had a, a mom who was just struggling just with the daily routine of being a mom and finding her purpose in that. And our community group came around her and prayed for her and encouraged her and pointed her to truth. And we talked about the lies that she was believing, that her identity is associated fully with her success as a mom. And it's not that. It's solely in the Jesus and Jesus Christ and his person and work. And we find that in a community group. Some of you are thinking, well, that, that's just for you. I mean, that's good that that works for you. I mean, you're a pastor. This is your job. No, I, I don't lead the group. Somebody else leads our group. We host it. Somebody else leads. And two weeks ago, we didn't have group. And my kids were like, aren't we supposed to have community group tonight? Like, where is everybody? And they missed out on that opportunity to even our kids to see this lived out in the messiness to see God redeem that and empower us and equip us to live like him through a community group. If you're not in one, we talk about it all the time, we want you to be in one. This is the life of our church. The video that we watched earlier, I didn't ask anybody to talk about community groups. But if you remember what they said, every one of them did, right? I didn't put them up to that. They just talked about the, the, working, of, the working out of this in their lives happened in community. And so we invite you into that to experience that as well. It happens in serving, serving on Sundays, serving locally, globally. I talked about we're looking toward this short-term mission trip. It happens in our giving. It happens in membership. We haven't had a membership class yet. If you're wondering, we're planning one in late September. And so we'd invite you to, to make a commitment to, to call Phoenix Bible Church your your home officially in membership, living like Jesus occurs in membership. 
in PBU, we're about to do another PBU, Phoenix Bible University, where we equip you to live like Jesus. And so on June 5th, we're going to start a four-week class on what it means to, um, to study the Pauline epistles and how we can do that better and learn how to live like Jesus from those. It's not on a slide, but we do a leadership study. I do with, with a group of guys uh, once a month to equip them to live and lead like Jesus. And so we gather one Saturday a month, and we go through what it looks like to lead in our home, in our job, in our church. And so we're about three months into that. It's going to be six months long. We're going to give those guys something to go do and take ownership of at the end of this. And then we're going to grab some more people and do the same thing with them so we can help people live like Jesus. If you want to be a part of that, you just come talk to me, and we'll get you a part of that this next six-month round because we want to equip people to keep the commandments of Jesus to live like him. And then the last part of our mission statement, that we want to lead others to Jesus. What does that look like? The first way it looks is, is personal evangelism. This isn't having a bullhorn or a sign. This is First Peter. We just went through a series in First Peter. This is having an answer for everyone. And so we've talked this week about ways to just do barbecues in our neighborhoods, ways to invite people to do that with us, and that as we rub shoulders with people, our neighbors, our friends, and our coworkers, that we would be prepared, that we would have an answer. That when people ask us, why, why do you go to that community group? Why do you take a, a night out of your week? Why do you bring your kids along to that? Why do you set aside everything else on Sunday so you can go to church? Why do you do all that, that we would have an opportunity to give them an answer? That it's because of Jesus, and he gives us joy as we follow him. So evangelism, mentoring, that we say, follow me as I follow Jesus. I heard a guy at a conference say this, that many times we don't mentor, we don't lead others because we think, I don't have it all together I don't know enough. And he said, just do something. And so he gave a fantastic idea. And he just said, hey, take some things that you've learned recently. Maybe it's from the Bible. Maybe it's from life. And take about three of those things and just share them with a, another person or a couple people and just say, hey, here's the things I'm learning. Here's the three things I'm learning. Does any of that resonate with you? And if they pick one, you say, okay, we're going to go through that one. We're going to read that book. Just do something. that You can do that with your spouse. You can do that with your child. You can do that with a friend. You can do that with somebody in this church and begin to, to lead others to Jesus. And we experience joy when we do that. PBCPM is a Bible study that we do once a month. Uh, we just completed a series on the glory of God. And I've mentioned this before, but we've had other people teach that. And so we've walked them through how to, to teach and prepare an outline and and they've done that, and they've done a fantastic job. But that's another way to, to lead in our church and next steps for people to lead other people to Jesus. Community group leader. Some of you have been in community groups for a long time, and you've experienced fruit from that. And, and we need you to lead out in that. There's opportunities for us to start more groups to lead other people to Jesus. And so we'd invite you to lead out in that. Service team leaders. As I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of stuff that happens to prepare all this on a Sunday. And we have people, volunteers, who lead a lot of these teams. And so we'd invite you, again, if you're not serving, to serve. If you are serving, to think about leading and how you can progress and do that. Eventually, as a church, we want to have deacons. Those are people that serve. They're servant leaders that take some of the responsibility off me and off others 
to serve in our church and to lead others towards that end. Eventually, we're going to have more elders, and these are opportunities to lead others to Jesus. And so here's just a, an example of what that could look like. There's a girl in our church who started coming, I believe, in January of 2015, and they came to our church. They came to a starting point lunch right after church. They asked questions. They learned about who we are and, and what we were about, and they said, hey, we're in. We want to do that. She ended up getting baptized last Easter, a year ago. She began to serve in one of our ministries. And over time, she began to grow in that and grow in her faith, involved in a community group. And now she's leading that ministry, and it's our kids' ministry. And it all started with coming on a Sunday, abiding in Jesus, loving Jesus, taking that next step with starting point, beginning to live like Jesus, coming to a community group, serving, and then she began to lead others to Jesus. And so if you come to church on Sunday, listen, you might be leading one of our ministries one day. Like the, it's, the possibilities are endless. And so this is the, the continuum, this is the spectrum that we want to see happen. As we look to abide and to keep his commandments and to experience joy, what does that look like here? What are the next steps? We see it in our mission statement, love Jesus, live like Jesus, lead others to Jesus. This is the what, the why, and the how of what we do, that it all corresponds with one another as we see love moves. And again, we don't stumble into this. It is built. I think about just during my week, something I do a couple times a week is I drop my daughter off for school. And as I drive up to drop my daughter off at school, maybe some of you have kids, you experience something similar. There's a lot of traffic, right, because everybody's running late and trying to just drop their kid off at school. And I drive up, and something happens every time I do this, and it's this. There's two-way traffic. There's traffic coming from this side. There's traffic coming from my side. And as we get to the entry, one person goes in, and then the next person goes in. And then one person goes in, and then the next person goes in. All right, it takes us back to our school days of taking turns, right, as parents. And I, and I thought to myself this week, I was like, how does that happen? Like, how does that happen? There's, there's no sign that says take turns for the parents, right? Maybe that would be good if there was, but there's no signs for that. There's no signs that say for the best possible outcome of dropping off your kids, the most efficient way this can happen is if one parent coming from this side goes in and then the next parent coming from this side goes in and we all take turns and it's a glorious, happy day. There's no signage, there's no how-to manual for that. It just happens. And you know how it happens? Is when school started, one parent thought, you know what, I should let this person go. And then the other thought, parent thought, that was really nice, like I should let this other person go. And then like a beautiful masterpiece, one person was driving in, one person was driving in, and it all worked. And it became, well, this is just what we do here. This is just how we drop off kids at school. This is just what we do. So how does all this happen? How do we abide? How do we keep? How do we experience joy? How do we love Jesus, live like him, and lead others to him? How do we see ministry development, ministry hub, ministry expansion occur in and through us? How does all of this happen? How do we grow as a church? How do we become healthy as a church? How does it all happen? 
Is it because we put it on a t-shirt? Is it because I lay it out for you in a sermon and we put bullet points on the screen? Is it because we come up with cool signage that illustrates this in a really good way? Is it because we put it on the website? All that stuff helps, but listen, here's how it happens. Is you begin to do it. You begin to walk in it. We all begin to take next steps in this. And that before long, as we begin to just live this out and take next steps, it's different for all of us, but as we begin to, to do that, that six months from now, that a year from now, it just becomes, oh, this is the way we do it around here. How, does it, how is this working so well? How are all these people weaving together in this beautiful masterpiece? How is this church growing? How is it healthy? And we say, this is, this is just the way we do it around here. My family, my roommates, my friends, that we are participating in this, and it becomes part of our culture. Do you see that? So sometimes we do a vision series, and it's like it gets everybody fired up. Maybe for some of us it's overwhelming. How does it all happen? We just begin to take next steps in this next season. And that starts with me, and that starts with you. I was listening to a guy talk this week, a pastor, and he was talking about the church. And he was talking about that the church doesn't exist to meet your needs. And he was really excited about this. Like he was almost yelling to his church, the church doesn't exist to meet your needs. The church exists to meet the needs of the world around you. And I was listening to that, and I got a little fired up, and I was like, yeah, that's right. The church doesn't exist to meet our needs. The church exists to mobilize us, to equip us to meet the needs of the world around us. And while I would say that's true, I would give a caveat, and that's this, that the church does exist to meet your needs. As we peel back the curtain a little bit, the church exists to meet your needs. I'm really glad you're here. You should receive, even just today, you should receive truth, care, and love. Some of those core needs that you have as an individual should be met by the church. But here's the thing. It doesn't stop there. That that he was right. It, It doesn't stop there. The church doesn't just exist to meet your needs that it does exist to equip you, empower you to meet the needs of the world around you. And that's the beauty of the church is this, what if God moved you? What if his love moved you? What if as your needs began to get met and in the process your needs are getting met, that you were sent out to meet the needs of others? And what if God brought healing in your home through you? And what if God brought meaning in your marketplace through you? That what if God brought redemption in your relationships by sending you out? That what if you didn't just get your needs met, but what if you sought to meet the needs of others? That's a beautiful journey, a beautiful process that we get to be a part of as a church coming together. And so I want to give you a challenge as we close. And that's that question, what is my next step? What's my next step? I gave you some ideas For some of you, maybe it's just coming to church on a Sunday. Maybe you say, I just want to do this more often. I want to make it a priority. Maybe for some of you, it is baptism, and you think, I need to respond in obedience and make a public declaration of my faith in Jesus through baptism. Maybe for some of you, it's starting point and seeing how you can get involved in the life of our church. Maybe for some of you who are involved in the life of our church, but you're not in a community group, you're not serving 
You're just consuming. You're not contributing. Maybe for you, you need to jump into a community group. Ask how you can serve. Stop by the Connect Desk to do that. Maybe some of you have been thinking, man, I, I should lead out in this. God's called me. God's equipped me. God's placed me here to do that. And maybe you need to take a step of leadership in one of these ways. I don't know what that is for you, but I want you to ask, what is my next step? Because listen, as we band together collectively to do that, I believe God can accomplish this vision. I believe all this can happen. It may take a few months. It may take a few years. But I believe that we'll get a ton of joy in the process and that God will do it through you, through us. As we ask, what's my next step? Let's do that as we pray. Father in heaven. I pray for us as a church that as we are a year and a half in, that we wouldn't just survive, but we would thrive. We wouldn't just exist, but we would impact the world around us. As we talk through just practical steps, maybe it seems sort of methodical, but God, I pray that it would just give us ideas. It would spur us on. It would motivate us. It would empower us to take a next step in our lives, to experience joy. As we abide in you by keeping your commandments, as we see that fleshed out in and through our church. God, the men and women that are in this room, you have called them here. You have placed them here in Phoenix, in this valley, with their gifts, with their abilities, with their talents, with their struggles, with their wins. You have placed them here. You've called them here. You've wired them for this so that they might impact their friend who is hurting right now. So that your love might move them to impact their family member who's struggling with doubt. So that your love might move them to see redemption occur in all of their relationships. God, you have called and you're equipping us towards that end. God, I pray that we would see that come to fruition in our personal lives and collectively as a church. What would happen? God, what would happen with our city? What would happen with this community? What would happen with us as a people if we began to step out in that? God, help us by your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.